edition of the Revolution Sports Podcast. This is your host, Tyler Wood. Thank you for joining us today on this Thursday morning as we will break down the top sports stories from just over the last couple of days. Um, to be honest, though, this is not going to be a long episode. There hasn't been a whole ton going on. We had, I mean, just ever since the college football playoff stuff came out, I mean, it's just been your basics. We've had the NBA had a couple of games there. We had a couple, we had a Monday night football game then. Uh, but other than that, I mean, that's been pretty much about it. Um, but so just a couple of things we're going to look at. We're going to look at just the Monday night football game from the NFL, and then we're going to just look at where the standings are at from the NBA, kind of just glance over where people are at, see how teams are doing for a little bit, kind of just a, a recap after a couple of, well, a little over a month now into the season. Um, well, really about two, well, close to two months, I guess you'd say, about a month and a half. Um, but just been real interesting to see how stuff is shaking out there, seeing how teams are developing or how they're underperforming. And we've seen a good bit of that this year, but, I mean, it's still early in the season. We could obviously see things change. And then uh, we'll talk about something else at the end real quick that I kind of mentioned, but going to kind of bring it up again. But anyways, looking at the first game, though, that we're just going to look at real quick, New England and Buffalo played. New England was 8-4 and four coming into this one. Buffalo was 7-4 and four coming into this one. And, I mean, both of them really good football teams, but... Just This game was fun to watch, not just because of two good football teams. The conditions of the game factored into this one. If you watched it, I mean, so, well, if you watched beforehand, even before the game even started, we saw where there was snow, we saw where there was heavy winds. We, they were saying consistent winds of 30 to 35 miles an hour, gusts of 50 to 55, and that is not conditions whatsoever that you want to throw the ball in, that you want to kick the ball in. And it was just a real fun game. See, two teams have to be really physical to be able to win a football matchup. And uh, ultimately, it just came down to what we've seen over the last couple of weeks. It goes down, it just came down to New England is playing some of the best football in the whole entire NFL right now in the country. They, I mean, are doing everything that they're supposed to do. They get a good quarterback play, their rushing attack has been phenomenal. Uh, I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't know what else you want to say other than just it starts with how their system is built. There, I mean, we see what Belichick has done. I mean, time and time again, he has a good quarterback that can throw the ball when he needs to, and then he builds a good offensive line to protect the quarterback, and then they have receivers that can play a little bit, and then you got a rushing attack behind them. And uh, the thing is, when you have this type of weather, you have to be able to have that. And obviously, it showed once again. We saw where they had to win the rushing battle, and they did win the rushing battle. That's, I mean, that's what it was going to come down mostly into this game. When you have that, you really can't throw the ball, I mean, 25, 30 times like you regularly would. Buffalo did, and you can see why that cost them the game because, I mean, it's just real tough to be able to throw in those type of conditions consistently. I mean, if you watch the game at all, you saw where Josh Allen's throwing the ball. The ball's just sailing. Like, I mean, it's not even dropping when it's supposed to. It just kept going. We saw it with the, kick, with the kicking game. We saw where they would either punt the ball or they would kick it off from the tee and We'd see it where it would go, I mean, into the, the tunnels, I mean, the way it was going. I mean, it was absolutely crazy. I mean, so it was really fun to watch. But, I mean, when it still comes down to it, you saw the, the better team won. They, I mean, their offense has performed more consistently here lately. And their defense has performed more consistently as well. I mean, you look at the stats for, for Buffalo on their side of things. When you look at the their their player stats real quick, you look at rushing. Josh Allen led them in rushing with six carries for 39 yards. Their running back, Singletary, had 10 carries for 36 yards. I mean, he was only averaging 3.6 yards a carry. And then Moss, eight carries for 21, 2.6 yards a carry. So outside of their quarterback, who was getting out on scrambles and uh, – 
just making something happen himself, their rushing attack was basically just non-existent. And then you look on the flip side, though, for the Patriots, though. I mean, Harris had 10 carries for 111 yards. You had Stevenson with 24 carries for 78 yards. I mean, that then in and of itself, I mean, just shows it right there. I mean, the 10 carries for 111 yards, 11 yards average, had a 64 long. I mean, that just ultimately sums it up for them, what they were able to do. It was even crazier. I, I mean, I watched this game, and when we saw how it was going down, I was talking to someone about how it just seems like they were dominating up front the whole way, and they were. But then we were looking at the stats, and I was like, I didn't. I don't think I saw him, Mac, uh, Mac Jones throw the ball that much. And sure enough, they threw the stat up there that at that point he had only thrown one pass, and that would have been like the least amount of passes in a game to be able to win a football game. And sure, I was sitting there, I was talking to someone, I sit there and said, well, they're going to throw it, they're going to mess it up. And sure enough, they threw like back-to-back passes on second and third down. They threw it on second, had to throw it in third because it went to third and long. He was able to complete that one, but it didn't, I mean, it didn't change it. They still had to punt the ball, but they were able, obviously their defense held up. But, I mean, it would have been hilarious to see them be able to win a game throwing the ball one time compared to, on the other side, Josh Allen still threw 30 times. But, I mean, they didn't have a choice. You're not getting any rushing attack. you got to be able to do something. And it was, I mean, it was a good job by him to still be able to be able to complete at least 15 passes in the first place. But, I mean, just going down the list, I mean, it's just evident how it was. Uh, third down conversions was pretty much even. Fourth down, 1-2 for New England, 0-1 for Buffalo, uh, Buffalo actually got more first downs, so that was that one's actually surprising. But passing yards at the discrepancy, 131 for Buffalo, 19 for for New England, and then rushing was you can just ultimately see it, 222 for New England, 99 for Buffalo, and penalties not too many. Turnovers were the same. Both lost a fumble and that type of. I mean, you're gonna have slick conditions. Uh, so, I mean, that was pretty much what you expected for that matchup. But, I mean, you got to be impressed with the Patriots, just how they continue to find ways to win football games. Seven in a row, Mac Jones leading the group. I mean, I know this one he didn't really have to do much because you you shouldn't do much in that position. But how they continually find ways to, to win football games and the way they continue to play on the defensive side of the ball as well, I mean, encourages me. I mean, to me, they look like the dark horse. I wouldn't say dark horse, really. I mean, they won seven in a row. But I guess – from the start of the season, the dark horse Super Bowl candidate. Um, and, I mean, they got a good chance to continue this streak. And, I mean, they ain't got too, they don't have too many games left. I mean, there's not many too, left, too many left on the schedule. Nine and four is 13 games. So you only got four left. And looking at their schedule, they got the Colts next week. That ought to be a decent matchup. At least New England's favored by one on that one. Then you got the Bills again. That's going to be in a rematch, but that one's going to be at New England. Then you got the Jaguars, and then you got the the Dolphins. So, I mean, you look at it, it's very reasonable to say they could possibly win out to end the season. So, But here's the problem, though, when you do something like that. We've seen it before, whether it's basketball, football, whatever you name it. You see where the hottest team coming into the playoff, especially when it's been stretched over it so far. Usually there's a letdown at some point, and that's what I would worry about, though with the Patriots, with their potential run in the playoffs, is if you go and you have all the success now and then you get to the playoffs and it just all of a sudden just drops off because you finally have that bad game where you just really just can't get up and get going. And usually that happens in the playoffs. So you have to – you really do get worried about about something like that happening. But it would be real neat to see them, I mean, just went out the rest of the way. I don't know if that's going to happen. But I got to say, just the way they're playing, though, they make themselves look like a – like a dark horse candidate when it comes to the Super Bowl. But looking at the Bills, though, to me, this is just kind of a continuation of how we've seen them play. 
play pretty much to the, the, throughout the year. We've seen where it's been very up and down for them. I mean, you look at last week, they end up dominating the Saints 31-6, to but then you go back the week before, lose 41-15 to to the to the Colts. And then, I mean, it's just been very up and down for them. One week their offense scores six, the next they, you know, they score 40 or – Excuse me, they score 45, and then you go back and you only score 15. When you play that way, you don't know what to expect. It's really hard to build consistency. It's really hard to build cohesiveness as a team. And just consistency is the biggest thing, especially when you get to this point of the year. And they just don't have it right now. So, once again, not being able to put much on the ground when it comes to this. And then it doesn't get really any easier for them because they're going to play the Buccaneers next week. Um you're going to play the Buccaneers next week. That's going to be a real tough one. Tampa Bay is favored by three and a half in that one. You look at the Panthers. They got them the the following week after that. So the Panthers, that's going to be a tough one because we know the Panthers have one of the better defenses in the league. They got the Patriots once again, and then you got the Jets to close it out. So if they don't really pick it up here at the end, I mean, there's a potential they can find themselves in a tough spot down the stretch, and that's obviously not where they want to be right now. But it's just the the – where they're at right now, but you go down the list looking at some of the the leaders in the American Conference right now, the American the AFC. Looking at New England sitting at nine and four in the AFC East. You got in the North, you got Baltimore at eight and four. You got the AFC South. You got Tennessee at eight and four. You got the AFC West, Kansas City eight and four. They have absolutely turned it around. Continue to find ways to win. The defense has literally just put it. I mean put the team on their back. The offense has still not been the absolute best, but they're starting to get a little bit better. But that defense has just absolutely turned things around, and that was just totally unexpected compared to how that looked earlier on during the year. But then you look over at the NFC, you got the Cowboys sitting at 8-4 and four in the NFC East. You look at the North, Green Bay sitting at 9-3, and three. the South, Tampa Bay 9-3, and three. and then Arizona at 10-2. and two. I mean, you still go down the list, I mean, looking at these teams – you don't see anyone that just really sticks out as the absolute dominant team. We've seen at times where Tampa Bay's look, look, I guess you say human. They don't look as great as they did last year in some scenarios. Then you look at Arizona. They've been, I mean, they're ten and two, but ever since they've had some injuries, it's kind of thrown them off just a little bit. I still think they're, I mean, they're going to be a good football team still, um, like they've shown. Green Bay's nine and three, but they still probably got what I would say is the. Top, I don't know, it's really tough between Brady and when you look at Aaron Rodgers. They're both really like 1A and 1B the way they play. They're both so consistent. They don't do anything to hurt the team. They only make them better. And they continue to, I mean, it seems like they continue to get better with age. So uh, the Cowboys, just more about consistency for them. Like I said, I mean, you just go down the list. It's going to be a it's going to be a close, close ending in a lot of these, uh, these scenarios. And obviously as we get closer, we'll break it down more when it comes to playoff seating and uh, – when it when it comes to playoff matchups, even late late game late season matchups that we're going to see over the the coming weeks, so we'll definitely have more on that. But just wanted to kind of re, recap that game. It was just a real fun one, and I encourage you if you like to go back and watch replays of games and uh, just kind of check out what happened over the past week. That's one to definitely go check out. Just the conditions just made that one super fun, and it was as if you like defensive battles. I mean, that's the one to look at. But going down the list though, looking at some other things that have been going on, we're going to switch over to the NBA real quick. Just going to kind of talk about how the standings are going there, how teams are looking. And to me, this year has been, I wouldn't say it's necessarily been as been going as expected. We didn't, no one expected the Warriors to be as good as they are. Um, but other, outside of them, I mean, it's been pretty consistent on how things were expected to go. We see where Brooklyn's sitting at number one in the East. They got just a half a game lead over Chicago now with the loss last night. Um, so they they're sitting at the one seed. Chicago has been a surprise. So I mean that's another surprise sitting at seventeen and nine. 
They have looked real good with that new lineup with DeRozan, Lonzo Ball. I mean, just continually get better. Zach Levine. Milwaukee's been a surprise. I don't know if it's that championship hangover. Uh, you see that sometimes with some with some teams, especially that are younger. They win a championship, and it takes them a little bit a little bit longer to get up off the floor. Um, so kind of just in, I don't know, just kind of in laid back mode. Just we'll turn it on when it gets time. And you can some teams can do that. Some teams can just wait and then get to about the midpoint and say, all right, it's time to pick it up and time to turn it on. And they might be able to do that. But the problem is we haven't really seen them after they've won a championship before with this being their first one. So we don't know if they're going to have that next gear. So the biggest thing is just to watch how Giannis continues to play and see if he continues to improve and gets the guys more involved as they go. Uh, Miami's been pretty decent this year. They won a big matchup against Milwaukee last night. Washington's been a surprise. Philadelphia's just now, they're starting to get better. They're starting to pick things up. Joel Embiid has really been carrying that team, especially with Ben Simmons not even, I mean, not even trying to play. I just wish they could figure out something, either cut him or release him. Obviously, they don't want to pay him that type of money. Um, but they need to figure something out. I mean, it's that's just in a very annoying situation that's unfair to the players. And it's just a it's a terrible move and a terrible look for Ben Simmons. And that's why no one wants him. I mean, who wants a player that just up and sits out on your team the whole West I mean, pretty much the whole season. He's basically just said he's not coming back, he's not playing for them, and he'd sit on the bench and lose all that money on top of it. But absolutely ridiculous. Um Looking down the list, though, for the East, Atlanta's starting to become a, I'd say, a more complete team. They've been a little bit better. They started off for a rough, won a good bit of games, um, but they're they're really starting to come together, winning seven of the last ten. So they just got to continue to improve. The defensive side of the ball is always going to be the toughest for them. We know they can score with Trey Young, John Collins. Uh, I mean, you can just go down the list and they got scores. So they got to continue to improve. They're sitting at the eighth slot right now. I would not be surprised to see them by the end of the season move into that fourth or fifth slot. So be looking for them there. Uh, Boston has definitely digressed. I was kind of surprised to see them see them do that. And then Charlotte at 10, they're sitting at 14 and 13. They have been improved, but that has a lot to do with how LaMelo Ball has looked, and just that whole team has really filled out. But they have lost two in a row. They're sitting at four and six right now in their last ten. So they've kind of dropped off from the earlier part of the season, but still sitting at 14 and 13. That's still a major improvement from where they were this time last year. Um, so that's pretty much how the East is shaking out. Obviously, the 7 through 10, because of the, how the new format is, we'll see them play the play-in tournament where – uh, seven and eight play, and then nine and ten play, and then the winner from there will play after that, and then whoever wins that will advance. So, going to be an interesting. I mean, obviously this is still a long way away. We're, I mean, the highest I think teams have played right now is twenty six games. So, I mean, you got eighty an eighty two game season, got a ton of season left, and that's why I tell people you still can't overreact yet. That's why I told people when we did our. 2021-2022 NBA season preview that I said you can't overreact to how teams are going to perform at this point. And the reason I say that, you go down the list in the Western Conference, uh, I'm not going to start. We already talked about the first two, our first one with Golden State, but I'm just going to drop down to six real quick. You look at the Lakers real quick. They have been very up and down as well this season. They have not performed up to the point that everyone thought they could. And obviously, LeBron has been in and out. They, he had that whole COVID situation not that long ago. He had an injury. He had suspension. So that has been very inconsistent. But when he's played, obviously, they have played a lot better. They sit at 13 and 12. I mean, they're sitting in the sixth slot. That's not a terrible place to be. You see that Utah has seven at three. You see Memphis has 11. 
I mean, at four. So, I mean, it's not it's not tough to say that they could move up to the four slot at any time and just get, get a win streak going. But the biggest thing for them that I still can't figure out, I understood Russell Westbrook was going to take a little while to be able to factor into their game their game plan and figure out his the way he's supposed to play there. I get that. And it's like I said, with only playing 25 games, we it's, we're seeing it starting to him starting to figure it out a little bit more as they get closer. He hasn't been the problem lately, especially like when LeBron's been out. The problem for the Lakers now has been Anthony Davis and the way he continues to underperform. He's supposed to be a basically almost a seven foot guard who can take over a game. He can play in the post. He can post you up. He can shoot over the top. He can shoot the long ball. I mean. He can do it all, but you consistently see him underperform, not be able to carry a team, and he's supposed to be that type of player. It's the second time now that where we've seen where LeBron comes into a situation. We saw it the first time with Cleveland, now we're seeing it with the Lakers, where he wants to hand the keys to the next best player that's there. But the problem is, though, they just simply can't get it done. We saw it with Kyrie, and he decided to run away from the situation. And then now we're seeing it with Anthony Davis, where he's not running away from the situation. He wants to be in L.A., but the problem is he just may not be able to do it. He does not have that mindset just to just take over and dominate a team and be able to carry carry you along the way. Because when LeBron's been out, they have played significantly worse. But when LeBron's played, they've been a lot better. Um, and that shouldn't be the case, especially if Anthony Davis is supposed to be the best player on this team. And because he can't carry the, the team, he's not the best player on this team. We've seen just over the last four or five games now where LeBron has played, he's averaging like 31-7-8. and eight. He's 36, about to be, uh, I'm pretty sure he's about to be 37 the end of this month. I mean, that's absolutely insane. No 37-year-old should happen to be carrying one of the contenders in the league. Especially when you've got a player like Anthony Davis and you've got a player like Russell Westbrook. You shouldn't have that, but here the Lakers do, and obviously it's still going to take more time. You've got a lot of season left, 25 out of 82 games. There's plenty, plenty more time, but you got to start seeing some improvement. We can't, you can't have it where LeBron at game 24, 23, 24, 25 is having to drop 30, almost 30, 10, and 10 just to be able to get you a win against some of the bottom feeders of the conference or bottom feeders of the league. You can't have that. You have to be able to perform consistently and get more people that are, I mean, can come in and help and the biggest problem for them though has been their defense their defense has been seriously lacking when it comes to this year they're giving up a total of 113 points a game right now they're only scoring 111 so you can see where their point differential is actually down by 1.1 which is just not where contenders need to be at any point in the season you should be able to defend and they have been able to defend in the past that's what makes this so interesting and so weird because We've seen when they won the championship, we saw when they won last year, they have put their hat on their defensive performance. But now it seems like you're just hoping that your offense can be able to score 125, 130 a game just to help you win a game. And so you're never going to win a championship like that. You're never going to be consistent. I mean, you jump up to how the Warriors are playing right now, and they're holding opponents to 100 points a game. And this type of league where it's nothing but scoring now, that's extremely impressive. And for them, just looking at how they've played, 20-4, and continue to dominate it has everything to do with Steph Curry well I mean not quite everything but for the most part it has everything to do with Steph Curry he continues to show and continues to make the case that he could be the best player in the league right now and that's hard to say considering especially that no one ever thought that a point guard of his size his stature would be able just to try and take that position from the likes of LeBron or from a Ford or anything like that we expected it to be someone else who could do it all 
And Curry continues to show now that he can do it all. He's filling it up, not just in points, but he's able to pass the ball. He's able to rebound from the guard spot. And he's just doing it so effortlessly. I mean, it's just absolutely insane. The whole team is playing well. Draymond continues to be Draymond. Guys are playing defense. Jordan Poole is buying in. He's being an offensive. He's becoming an offensive threat now. Andrew Wiggins is having the best season he's had probably of his whole entire career since he's came in the league. Just everyone continues to fill out. And then now what you're getting ready to do, we got Christmas games coming up here soon. That is was supposed to be the target, and apparently is still the target date for Clay Thompson to be able to come in and be able to help kickstart this Warriors team, even I mean even to another level. And if that happens and Clay Thompson could come in and be able to give them instant offense, he may have he's probably gonna have to work his way back into the defensive side of it because that's always a little bit tougher than being able just to shoot the ball, especially when he's been getting shots up. I mean, this whole entire time, uh, that's gonna take a little bit more time coming off the injuries that he has. But if he can slowly start working his way back, but he's still giving you you know at least eighteen twenty points a game when he first comes back, they are going to be so dangerous. And it may not even be close as we get further along. The only team that's really been able to test them, and we've seen them play twice now, has been Phoenix. We saw where the first time Phoenix got the better of them, Curry had his worst performance of the whole entire season. But then you go and you have the second time they play, and the Warriors absolutely dominated them. And, I mean, that's what good teams do. They respond. They have a 13-point differential when it comes to scoring versus scored against. Uh, they're eight and two in their last couple. So I would say if they get Clay Thompson, they could really separate themselves. But without Clay Thompson, it is really close between them and Phoenix right now. We see Phoenix has having the same record. That has a lot to do with the, what Monty Williams has done there. The players that he's brought in, they got a good defensive team with DeAndre Ayton, Jay Crowder, uh, Devin Booker, Chris Paul. I mean, you got really good players, and the thing is, they can all score. They got shooting, they got defense, they got offensive production. So that's great, and that's continued to help them progress. They're looking like the second-best team in the league right now outside of Golden State. The problem is, though, this is why I said you're going to factor in someone like Clay Thompson potentially by the end of this month for the Warriors. That can be a definite, definite separating factor, and if that happens, that's going to... I mean, it's going to be really, really tough, especially when stuff when playoff time rolls around, middle of the year rolls around, where teams are really trying to find their grooves, really trying to get going. Uh, they may be just too tough to be able to separate from but going down the list looking at Dallas sitting at the seventh spot at 12 and 12 they've been super super inconsistent three and seven in their last 10 got to be better Luka Doncic has got to be better as well he's even said that himself Portland has been a surprise to me and it's gotten to the point now I mean they're sitting at the nine spot at 11 and 14 They've been a surprise to me because we know they got Damian Damian Lillard. They had C.J. McCollum until he had the collapse lung. Now he's out for a little while. But usually, and even their coach, Chauncey Billups, even said it, usually when you have your starters, your starters play well, and then your bench comes and you have a little bit of a drop-off and, you know, your starters come in and pick up the slack. Kind of just inspire your bench, that type of – that's basically the words that he used. Basically, the bench is now inspiring the starters to play better. It seems like when the starters come in or start out, they're absolute flat. Bench comes in, helps fire them up, helps them get the lead, helps them get their – at least get back into the game, and then all of a sudden starters come in and just crash. And Damian Lillard has not played up to his potential this year. I expected a better season out of him. Uh, I mean, but we're getting to the point. I thought he would kind of be past those early season. Uh, I don't know what you call it, early season 
I don't think he has jitters. These guys just play ball for a living. But just have those early season parts where they don't play well, they kind of work themselves into the rotation to the flow of the game again. And he just hasn't really played up to par, and that's really hurt them at Portland. And this year, seeing where they're at at 11-14, they're a 4-6 and six in their last 10. They've lost three in a row, especially with McCollum being out, no telling how long he'll be out. It could get rough there in Portland, and if it does, there's going to be a lot of questions on the structure of that team because you've gone for the last couple of years off of Damian Lillard, T.J. McCollum. You've made it to the playoffs but haven't consistently been able to get deep in the playoffs, and then now you come in and you miss the playoffs. It could get rough there, and if Billups can't really turn it around within the two or three years, you could probably see him out the door. And then that's pretty much what I was looking at from the Western Conference. So just a lot of good teams that are starting to play good ball between Brooklyn, Golden State, and Phoenix. The question is, though, for me, is just some of these teams that are farther down, how are they going to, as they as the middle part of the season gets closer and closer, how are they going to figure stuff out? How are they going to continue to get better? And as the stuff goes along, we will continue to break stuff down. Without having college football and having some other stuff on, starting next week, we will have more in-depth looks at games. This week has just been kind of transitioning from one to another. We've been so focused on that. Now our focus is on other things between the NFL and between uh, the NBA as well, and obviously we'll still have our college football bowl special, and then we'll have our college football playoff special. We got some big things coming up for that one, so stay tuned for that. Um, but the last thing I want to talk about real quick, just today from the show, is something that we I mentioned the other day. It's not too long. Just want to talk about it real quick. We're doing a Capital One Bowl Mania, which is done through ESPN. They're not my they're not my favorite how that what they stand on or anything like that but they're doing this it's pretty cool you can create your own group everyone can go in and make their picks for the bowls and then you have a leaderboard in there so that's just something fun for where our followers can go and be able to get in there we've had some outs a couple of people already sign up um hopefully looking to get a couple more in there the winner of our group alone why you can't get prizes from capital one and from espn and all that stuff the winner of our group will receive a special prize pack that will have some merchandise from our item shop, and then also we'll have a gift card for you um, as well. So make sure you join into that. That is something that is going to be extremely fun as stuff happens. The first pick for the first game, basically if you don't don't put in a picks for a game, if you're doing it late, you're not going to have much of a chance because you're missing out on points from earlier games. But the first game locks December the 17th, so make sure you get your picks in before then. I would say go ahead and get them in now. So if you're looking at stuff and you're looking at games and you say, oh, I don't know if I like that pick, you can go ahead and change it now so that way you have some time. So right now it's from today we're looking at December the 9th. So you got about a, about just a little over a week. So make sure you go ahead and get your stuff in. Um, gonna oh, You got a week now, excuse me. No, just a little over a week. Um, but make sure you get your picks in. Going to be fun. Also be looking out for some stuff. Like I said, we will have a special show for the college football playoff. We're going to actually have a guest on for that one. So that one's going to be a fun one. But um, just some other stuff that will come out. We'll have some more articles that are going to start coming out um, for some other stuff outside of sports. But we will also still have some sports articles. Hopefully we'll be getting a power rankings out here for the NFL soon since we're getting towards the end of the season. And then uh, just having a lot of good stuff that's going to be coming out. So make sure to see all that stuff. You are following us on our social media pages, and you can find the links to those on our website at therevolutionsports.com. Make sure you check it out there. But with that said, though, that is today's show. I appreciate every single one of you that continue to join us each and every day as we break down some of the top stories from around the country. But thank you for joining us today, and we will see you in the next one.